Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 186. Introducing Sad No Batteries Bulldog. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. And to my right, hopefully speaking louder than that, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. <laughs> oh, what a, what, what a packed, giant, huge show we have today. Packed, giant, and huge. That's what I'm saying. It's packed with huge giants. Ah, they're going to kill us all. They're going to kill us all. Uh, actually, giants of television. If, the, if this was like a Japanese monster, would it be Mothra? I'm, I'm asking seriously. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, that was, that's just my Mothra noise. That was good. Yeah, it thanks. was good. But thanks. yeah, or more King Ghidorah. I just wasn't sure. I I think uh, I, I think it's probably a, a Mothra because it's got the uh, you know it's got the screeching in it. Mm. And, yeah, it does uh, have some screeching and the uh, and the laser eyes. Yeah, and the giant wings mm. to to frighten you with. Can we also mention? Occasionally, listeners complain that in our interviews we we often end up all talking over each other. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Just in advance. That is Sorry. That is going to happen a lot today. We've got Peter Moon and Brendan Luno, who are co-creators of Whatever Happened to That Guy on Comedy Channel. Oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Uh, yeah, that guy. Brendan Luno. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> no, Whatever happened to him? Peter Moon, of course. Uh, so, he'll be... Uh, he'll, he'll... That's just one person. Peter Moon, Brendan Luno. One person. Different voices. It's going to be very it's confusing. Creepy. Yeah. Very, and they talk over each other. <laughs> That'll be coming up later on in the show. Uh, we've also got a review of the new series called Kings. We've got one thing. We've got quiz. We've got pork. As always, though, we're going to kick things off. Oh, no. <laughs> with the box cutters news. Brett Cropley, tell us about South Australia and Channel 31. This uh, goes off the back of, uh, of something we were talking about last week on the show. When we uh, had a chat with Peter Lane last week about uh, Ch- Channel 31's position around the country having been completely uh, ignored uh, in the federal budget. And uh, there was also a full-page uh, article in the Ages M magazine on Sunday um, talking about, you know, they, they should be giving them some money. Well, out of that, uh, well, not strictly out of that, uh, in South Australia, where Adelaide has its own Channel 31, uh, they have been uh, given... Over $200,000, $205,000 by uh, the South Australian government um, to let Mike Rann, who's the Premier over there, to switch on a new transmitter for the community <laughs> broadcaster. Um, An so, so, analog, analog transmitter. So that was... Yes. Yes, oh, you yes. you ruined the gag a, now. An analog, it, there was going to be a review. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, he's... Uh, hit the switch on the brand new uh, analog transmitter, is which there, will be completely redundant uh, in what, when the years? analog signal gets turned off in 2013. Is there any explanation for why they've they've decided to give them an expensive new analog transmitter uh, rather than a digital one? Because uh, Channel 31 broadcasts in analog. Oh, well, yeah, yeah I suppose why, that's but true. Why, <laughs> but why a new one? Why, why not just, you know, put some gaffer tape on the old one? 
Um, maybe it maybe it had already had gaffer tape for a couple of decades or something. Maybe and, that is and, right, not possible. Did actually need to get onto it. Possibly, uh, it doesn't actually go into it in uh, this article. But um, yes, it does point out that the switchover happens in 2013. Speaking of the switchover, of course, it has already happened in the US. Uh, Friday, oh, yeah. June 12th, or 612, as I'm sure they probably all call it by now. Um, <laughs> I, 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 shock, it'll be 12-6. Shock, pandemonium, crisis, really uh, fire and panic, riding the streets. None of these things happened. None of them. Apparently, um, everything went smoothly according to plan. And there's a lovely quote here from the Federal Communications Commissioner, Jonathan S. Andelstein, who at a press conference said, it's looking more like Y2K than the Bay of Pigs. <laughs> What a great quote, because it's that's bewilderingly kind of complex in its own going. Is that good or bad? You know, it's like, so apparently um, they, they reckon that almost everything went fine. No one's been panicking. Uh, quote here says, about 3 million households were considered to be unprepared for the transition, but the commissioner said it's impossible to know how many lost TV service. So about 1.5% of households in the States now don't have television. Yeah, and they're probably putting ads up saying, if you can't get TV, call this number, but it's all in digital, digital, so they can't call. It's it's like advertising freeview on uh, (laughs) Channel 1. The, uh, the uh, I find I find it quite interesting though. In in the US, they did a uh, a nationwide blackout because of the the whole affiliates thing, and and there there aren't just uh, generic networks that control the entire country. Uh, they have uh, affiliate stations throughout. They did have to state a date where everyone had to go digital. At the same time. See, I thought that made sense, though. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't see... Yeah, why you wouldn't... I mean, I know, I know we're doing it in, in sequences, aren't we? In, in country areas first or something. Yeah, yeah the, be, because if a riot's going to happen, we want it to happen in Ballarat. <laughs> in Mildura. Before it happens anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So that way we can understand exactly what's going to happen. But also that way country people can feel that they're first for a change. Which is nice yeah, for them. Th- yeah, yeah. Yeah, good. Well, we never get anything where you're getting digital television. Oh, but we don't have set-top box. Oh, shut up! We gave you electricity. What more do you want? Come on. Come on. Here's some candles. So that's all I got, basically. In America, no panic. Hooray. Right. Well, uh, free uh, free TV is panicking a little bit. That's the free-to-air networks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, seven, nine... T- well, it's free TV is... Actually, free TV Australia is a body that represents the free-to-air networks. Just the commercial ones or including no, the government all ones of them. as well? All of them. 7, 9, 10, ABC and SBS. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's the same as the Freeview conglomerate, but, but they are all, with a different they name. They are all of the free-to-air networks. All, yes. of, the, all of the free, except for Channel 31. Yes, yeah. I think we're trying to establish... Sorry, just the ones that count. But oh. yeah. all, of the, all of the Logies eligible <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. free-to-air networks... Uh, are arguing now that the anti-siphoning content rules, which are basically there as uh, protection for the free-to-air networks, uh, should also include internet protocol television. IPTV. IPTV. Uh, they've uh, they've put a submission in. This is uh, from The Australian. A, a submission on the regulatory reform related to the National Broadband Network, which is uh, one of the big government initiatives at the moment, uh, where uh, IPTV will play a large part. Uh, so they want to make sure that anti-siphoning uh, content rules are part of that. They also want to make sure that... Uh, this, is, this is what they say. This is what they say in the in the submission. Allegedly, 
Go on, Josh. Say no, whatever no. you want now. The, no, this is, this is what they this say. This is what they're alleging, yes. No, no. This is what they say. Yeah. There's no allegedly about it. This is a direct quote. Yeah. They say IPTV services with significant market power were able to exclusively acquire the digital rights to premium content. They, they're, they're concerned about that. They don't want, quote, uh, services with significant market power to be able to acquire the rights to digital rights, acquire the digital rights to premium content. So, Josh, say hypothetically I'm a person who doesn't understand anything you've just been talking about. What, what, what is the anti-siphoning law? What is this? Okay, okay, well, you've confused but, me. Before, before I go on to anti-siphoning laws, sport. Uh, that, <laughs> sentence, that sentence is basically... Yeah. Uh, Telstra. It's just, we don't think Telstra, who also uh, are part owners in Foxtel, should be able to get uh, exclusive rights to uh, to digital broadcasts of things. That's one. Uh, the other is uh, anti-siphoning rules but- uh, were uh, largely about sporting events mm-hmm. uh, and, and other major events that... Uh, it is all sport, isn't it? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's a list of sports. Uh, I, I would think that it's it's... It's it's mostly a list of sports that can't what just be played on that can't just be played on cable. on Foxtel or, or yeah on mm-hmm. on uh, subscription television that uh, the free to air networks must have first dibs at it. Essentially, it's the first dibs rule. So in their new one, they're saying that they also want to have first dibs on what uh, as uh, opposed to Telstra. Like, what do they want that that they're worried Telstra is going to get? They're uh, the same thing, but uh, there's the digital rights. Uh, so they want to be able to show them on their digital channels or on their extra HD channels, or they think that they should have the right to show it on their extra channels rather than letting a, a, rather a than, digital television rather than letting get up and, you know a, a whole other uh, system get the so, get the so, rights. So why do they think they're so special? Well, yes, yeah, so basically saying no, 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 we want everything. Is I, that, it, is that- it does make sense with subscription TV because you are paying specifically just for the TV, which is a direct competitor to what the free-to-air networks are doing. Um, but people have internet connections, and with the national broadband network, uh, they're going to have even better connections. Um, so it's not that people have to spend more money to be able to catch those sports if, if it goes onto IPTV. And who's behind IPTV? Who are the companies? Who, who is this this force of nature that uh, they can't be competing with? Free TV says it's evil. Force of evil. Who are they? Uh, it's whoever's going to roll out the national broadband network. So most likely Telstra. Uh, the, uh, no, no, they're not doing it. They're not doing oh, it. They've, yeah, they've, they've they uh, cut, cut out, out of it. the process. Yeah. So it, it would be That's that. why the government's doing it. Because yeah. Because uh, so uh, it's the government that basically friendly soul before he left uh, refused the, to put in a proper tender. It's whoever is going to control IPTV in Australia. So it's it's the uh, it's the insert name here. So this is bizarre, like like strike against a foe that is as yet unnamed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really. And it's been it's, quite strange to the trials because, like each ISP, well, the, the ISPs that are trialling IPTV seem to be doing it independently of anybody else. Yeah, and the, the the whole thing is is just going to be completely screwed up. The the free this is just another example of free TV not understanding that television is changing, and they either need to adapt free, or they're going to be dinosaurs TV is dying. Yes. Uh, and uh, and uh, Channel Seven, 
think that Telstra should be forced to sell its 50% uh, stake in Foxtel so that there's going to be a clear separation of infrastructure. And they uh, they did, uh, as we know, you know, they love being in a courtroom. Uh, Channel 7 had sued uh, Foxtel in the past and now they're believed uh, uh, to have a stake of just under 5% in Telstra. Channel 7, I, I don't know what they're doing. They don't want to be left behind, but they also don't want to play fair. It's the whole free TV thing. I just think, you know, shut up. Shut up and uh, and make better content and then people will still watch you. That's it. And that's my two cents. Harsh. I think you've got something about Freeview as well, haven't you, Brett? Yeah, Brett. Uh, well, th- this is a kind of Freeview kind of uh, subscriber TV. Sky News uh, apparently are in talks with somebody, and and this entire article doesn't actually explain who they are in talks with. Uh, Sky News are in talks uh, to be given a Freeview slot on the uh, new Freeview system. This is a really kind of strange thing. So so basically Sky News will be on your Freeview, Freeview box. It'll be a digital signal, which I assume from this article, which is taken from the uh, Australian Financial Review uh, through via Mumbrella, um, I assume wouldn't be available for regular set-top box Digital oh, so it actually will be a Freeview bonus. So the idea is that there'll be something on Freeview that you can't. Well, get. it's not that specific, but but I, I think well, that well, they must on, only no. be offering it for Freeview. If you can only get it on a Freeview box, how is that then free TV? It's not. Then you need to have a specific box. But it's a Freeview TV. There's that's free content <laughs> if you have a Freeview box. Yeah, this is the. That's, but, but, it's but kind of getting been, dodgy. But we have been saying what the hell are they for? At least that's something they can point to and go, look, that's something that we're doing different than the badge, which is what we've been talking about. It's, 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 it's like has anybody rumor. looked at the price tag on it on uh, the cost of a, a new free to air uh, broadcast license? This seems like a real backdoor dollar fifty, real backdoor uh, broadcast license, basically. Except that it's it's not if it's not available to everyone. Then it's then it's not broadcast. Yeah, it's, then it's uh, kind of narrowcast. Details are very very sketchy. The, you know what? I, I, about this, I really I have a really bad feeling about it. They are getting dodgier and dodgier and dodgier. It's just uh, I, I think it's uh, I think it's time we all took a stand yeah. and said and said no free TV. We're just going to download all of our entertainment illegally. Uh, it's time we did that. Sky News is, uh, of course, owned by News Corp, uh, run by Rupert Murdoch. Um, he has done uh, a similar thing in the UK, uh, which was a major driver of the review system take-up over there. Um, and, in fact, uh, it got to a point where they threatened to f- pull out of the Freeview platform and, uh, and, and could actually leverage uh, an argument or two in their favour through doing that. Uh, f- fans of The Shield... Just moving on. Mm. Fans of The Shield uh, who were worried that Sean Ryan wasn't going to do anything good anymore. Uh, He has teamed up again with uh, the FX network, uh, which is Fox's basic cable network in the US. Uh, They made that uh, Brian Brown film, yeah? FX? No, no, they made that other one, FX2. Cocktail. They they made Cocktail. (laughs) Anyway, go on. Anyway, hi. Uh, (laughs) Hi. So they um, 
you know, they, they've treated Sean Ryan quite well in the past with The Shield, uh, and he is now going to be executive producing uh, a show with uh, the writer of Ocean's Eleven called Terriers, which is about a detective who teams up with a young hotshot. FX have greenlit the series, so uh, it's, uh, it's I think, due to start in uh, 2010. It's not dog-related then, which I was assuming from the title. No. Not, no. not in any way dog-related. No, not in any way dog-related, as I understand it. That's sad. And uh, final story here, and a bit of happy news from The Hollywood Reporter, that uh, Futurama is returning to telly. Um, some years after the Fox show was cancelled, in fact, when it returns, it'll have been off-air since that original series for seven years, which is quite an impressive achievement. Yeah. Um, it's coming back with 26 new episodes for Comedy Central, mid-2010. Um, 20th, uh, 20th TV chairman Gary Newman has said that... G- Gary Newman? Yeah. Um, he says, I, I like cars. <laughs> uh, but he also went on to say that, um, are friends electric? I don't know. <laughs> Only you can tell me, Gary. Um, he says that... It's been made for Comedy Central on DVD. If Comedy Central remains the only outlet that, that, quote, the economics will become more challenging, which I think is a lovely line, Mm. lovely phrase I'll be using. Um, But they're also hoping that it'll sell again strongly on DVD. But 26 new episodes, uh, no word yet on everyone coming back, but it's presumed that they will. I I, I have to say, I I watched the third uh, of the Futurama movies uh, the other night, uh, Bender's Game. Mm -hmm. Really funny. Because I must say, yeah, I didn't like the movie format. I mean, this this interview seems to suggest some quotes from them that maybe they were kind of a bit over the movie format as well. Um, well, they, they did release a, a fourth one as well uh, earlier this year. Which uh, Wild I, Yonder? Was that the Wild Green Yonder? Wild Green Yonder, which I, I haven't watched as yet. It's mm-hmm. still in cellophane wrapper, but but I did manage to pick it up when I was in the US. Uh, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing that as well. I thought Bender's Game was uh, excellent quality. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I, uh, I, I, look, I look forward to that. And that... Is the box cutters news? Hi, I'm Adam Zwar. You might recognise my voice from ads before Australia Post and HBA, or maybe from the phone calls I make to your house late at night. That's right, I make phone calls to your house late at night. I'm Adam Zwar, and you're listening to Box Cutters. In the tradition of introducing people who have done advertising and only referencing their advertisements as their resumes. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> firstly, firstly, I, I, I yeah, was, it's up to a bad start already, isn't it? Really? Here I was it saying, is. Welcome to Here's Wally. I, no warning about this at all. <laughs> well, welcome to writer and producer Brendan Luno, but also Wally with water. Actually, that's it's not pe- by Peter no Moody. means it's the the most embarrassing ad I've done. It's, which I'm it's, quite proud of that. Which, which, is most, remember you which is the most embarrassing ad that you've done then? Oh well, you don't expect me to tell you that. All well, right, no, you brought church. it up now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did an ad. I did an ad that, that's the most embarrass, embarrassing ad. Not so much for me because I don't embarrass, but for Toddy Goldsmith, she and I did years and years ago an ad for the Mormon Church, which was the most eggy. It was basically she was pregnant. And I was her husband, and uh, and we were in bed together, and she said, Darling, I think it's time. And I said, Oh, God. And I ran around going, you know, she's going to drop the bundle and everything. She said, No, time to get – got to know our neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> and for that, I think, I think we got paid pretty well for that. Like, I forget is, what it was, three grand each or something. And I, I don't even remember LDS ever – 
No, it had to be. It was on very, very late. Oh, no, they do advertise in the community service thing. Yes. I've, seen, I've seen a few, and uh, I would have thought they'd uh, pick somebody more clean cut. <laughs> no, I was young then. You've got to imagine very... it was completely different. That was before the Great Collapse. So uh-huh. what was <laughs> that? <collapse? laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That time to meet our neighbours, and you can take the woman as your th- second wife or something. Is that, what's that all of it? <laughs> it's hard to imagine any church advertising kind of working. Like, yeah, then yeah, I'm, I'm up, I'm bored, I want pizza. Hey, I'll join the church. I personally wouldn't yeah. have gone anywhere near my neighbours if, if they looked like us at that time. <laughs> Toddy, what a rager, you know. Yeah. Saw her the other day down at 20 to 1, Channel 9, she was doing it, I think. So she went from ads for the Mormon church to um, enormous close-ups of vaginas on national television. Do you remember? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, everyone. Do you remember Are you the show about when she was yeah, working yeah. with me? Sex. What was it called? <laughs> sex. 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 And they yeah. just yeah, like that at nine thirty at night. There yeah, was just she's so, many... so versatile as a performer. That's what I love about her. <laughs> I don't know if it was actually hers. I think it may have been a vagina model. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yes. A professional. Or else it was, yeah, professional. Or else it was, I don't want to get like this, I was going to name someone from Channel 9, but no. <laughs> just professional stunt badges. Yeah, it's yeah. just too easy, isn't it? Did you use Peter's real name instead? I, I, I did. Okay. I did. But I, it, it, Do it again. Peter Moon, uh, who, who people mm-hmm. might remember from uh, Fast Forward, as well as Don't Be a Wally with Water Ads, yeah. as well as the uh, very recent Comedy Channel series, Whatever Happened to That Guy? Well, That's incredibly right. recent in that it's still, still on. Going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, although it was meant to be on, I don't know when's this show actually. What day are we? Well, it's the internet. There is no time on the yeah, internet. Oh, there's no time, there's on, the no time on the internet. Yeah. All right, well, it'll it's be why on I like it, I Fridays from nine thirty. Now it was on Mondays, and yeah, more, changed it to Friday. And they, it was on Mondays at eight thirty. They were repeating it Friday at nine thirty. More people were watching it at Friday at nine thirty, so they decided to ditch Monday and stick with Friday. I think that is just because that was like they put it on the Fridays, and that was like the second day. There's no pressure. To watch it, it's the second one, so everyone watched it then. <laughs> I think if they put it on Mondays again and tell everyone it's on Fridays, they'll watch it on Mondays. See, but the people are nervous, you think, the first time around. So hang, this what, is a show in search of an audience, basically, what, what, moving what, around the time slots. What do they have? What do they have on at eight thirty on a Monday now? Instead, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't look. They had um, Chris Lilly on after us. Maybe they just moved him forward half an hour. Maybe they did that. I don't know. I don't know or what they did. Or maybe they just played his show twice. Maybe they think it's so good they Bec- just... Oh, look, the thing is, if you've got um, that IQ thing, you don't have to worry about it anyway. You well, just see, push a little is... button and it doesn't matter when it's on. You except, know. except that you I'm going to get home. You not watch it at any time, which is what most people are doing. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get home tonight Yeah, and uh, and it won't be there waiting for me, is what I'm saying. Oh, you haven't got IQ? I do have oh, IQ. Oh, you have IQ. Oh, because, you have, uh, oh, because you've, you've because said for Monday. Monday. Yeah, and now you'll miss it. Now well, it's you not can, there. Actually, I wonder, if, see, if they change it, shouldn't they change the IQ signal that goes out down the cable and tell it to, it's Friday instead of Monday? Not if they don't want me to watch it. Oh, well. Oh, well, maybe <laughs> that's what they're doing. I mean, maybe maybe it's a very clever thing they're doing to drive down the audience in, in order to drive down the, the price of the second series. Well, that, that to is create don't a, think I haven't yeah. thought of it. Maybe they're just trying to create a cult hit. As yeah. A, yeah. You as know, like Ruben Murdoch, I mean, he owns these. it. Uh, should we at least get a, a quick pricey for the uh, for the non-cable viewer? Who has right. No idea. What oh, you want people about. to know what we're talking about? Yeah, I just yeah. yeah. That's an that idea. could be part of the reason why no one's watching it because they don't understand it. <laughs> or maybe they do too well. I don't know. That, that may be. It. Well, basically, it's a story of um, it. Look, it, it, it's sort of my um, attempt to do, and Brandon with my but my sort of life. So it's my attempt to do what Larry David did in. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. So it's a, it's more or less a steal from Curb Your Enthusiasm, <laughs> except that Larry's an internationally famous comic billionaire genius and 
and I'm me. So it's based on my life. <laughs> so okay, it is I, really quite different to Curb Your Enthusiasm, I actually. I want to ask this because uh, you, you give a performance that I believe is normally referred to as brave. It's a brave say performance. That. I, I think people, a lot of people think I'm brave just to come out in public, though, you know, just to stick my head out. <laughs> but it is, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a giant close-up of your ass in episode one. How do you know that's my ass? Oh, no, yeah, good point. There you go. Well, CGI. I did not see I did not see your face on that ass in the same shot. It may not even right. be a real ass. You don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, it's mine. But, um, but it, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Comedy Channel. They're not spending money on a model <laughs> ass. No, no. Well, look, the same thing Mike Munro's having his ass on television, so why shouldn't I, you know? But yeah, that was a current affair for like five years. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, you know, I th- thought, why not? Because, you know, that's part of me that I haven't tried to commercially exploit. <laughs> so. But the whole it's show the is basically... Left, <laughs> you, you play a man called Peter Moon who yeah. uh, is a... You know, is a yeah. I mean, it's a horrible character you're playing. You're playing a yeah, really... Shocking, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering, like, psychologically, how do you approach that? Because surely... I mean, when you... I just when, pretend it's not me. Is, is that how yeah, it's done? Yeah, I pretend just... it's not me. I live in a total state of denial. It takes a lot of energy. I have to eat a lot. Um, I have to watch a lot of distract myself continually and, and avoid mirrors at all cost. But, uh, you know, I basically... Look, it's basically me with all the boring bits taken out, so that left about 2%, and then we just ramped that, that up. You know, that's where Brendan came in and, and uh, Doug McLeod and... and uh, so a lot of it is based on... We sat around for in, in a room of these all the writers and a few other people for a week, and, and, and the start of it was just Peter and, and his wife and daughter were there and saying, all right... What kind of stupid, crazy, embarrassing, ridiculous <laughs> things have you done in your life? And uh, you know, tell you what, there's enough material there. For- <laughs> and once I filled up one one sixty gig hard drive, we, uh- well, actually well, it was then- interesting with my wife because it's hard to tell, even for me, what's real and what isn't. Because like we, it's all based on something. Like we went to the screenwriters conference. This started about two years ago at a screenwriters conference in Marysville, and uh, and. Foxtel were there making a pitch and saying, you know, we've got some money now, we've got a lot of subscribers and we want to make good shows. And, and they actually referenced Curb Your Enthusiasm and said, you know, we'd love to see what Australia's Curb Your Enthusiasm would look like. So I went home and I, uh, my daughter's a filmmaker, Hannah. So I said, do you know, how, you know how to work cameras and you've got people that know and stuff. So um, we sh- I, first of all, though, I, I sat down with a blank sheet of paper and couldn't think of anything and then said to my wife, can you think of anything funny that's happened? And she said... Well, uh, what about when you ate that beetroot salad and then thought you were pissing blood? That was fairly amusing, and you went to a doctor and everything. And I'm like, all right, so that's so actually a real that story. Down. That bit's uh, well, it's yes, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, slightly modified. And uh, and then uh, I mean, and then you combine it with the fact that whenever I go to the doctor because I've been on television, people always ask, you know, my son's interested, you know, in the movie business. Do you think you could help him? You know, wherever, when, whatever doctor I go to, they've got a son in the first. so. <laughs> There it goes. Prostate check. You know, son, it all, we just all roll it into one scene. But really, that was years of humiliation and agony just compressed into, into one scene, the magic of well, television. The, the thing that I find uh, fantastic about the show is, uh, is, is how self-effacing it is from, from your point of view. And, uh, Br- Brendan, no doubt you've just enjoyed writing self-effacing <laughs> stuff for Peter. Uh, yeah, well, we've been doing it for, I mean, you know, we worked for about 20, I think it's almost, it is 20, we met 20 years 20 ago, years but ago. we probably started working 19 years ago, so it took a, a one year to fill each other out, in a comedy sense, <laughs> boom, boom, yeah. but we, um, there you go. and Peter's character, he's always played characters like that, even though they haven't been called Peter Moon, so many of the characters he's done are the, the carpet guy with... The, 
um, Visard. It was always the second banana. The second banana, you know. And so just sort of been writing that, you know, and I enjoy that, I guess. I just somehow that's what I think is funny. But, you know, all all the good characters, they all come from something pretty strong in the real people, no matter how, in my experience. And I can't go into examples here because I'll get sued. But you have a look at some of the, the great characters, say, from Fast Forward. Just think of think of a character, think of who is playing it, and then think about how they about their public image, and you'll probably find that there's some something in common there, mm-hmm. you know. But I can't say anything more about <laughs> yeah, but you know. I, I've got whole lists going through my mind. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, yeah, you're not yeah, talking yeah. about you a... shonky real estate agents uh, or advertising, <laughs> are you? Yeah, at all? Well, the best characters are like that. They all have something that the people look. It's like a, a pearl, you know. Like there's a bit of something that people are, the are vaguely conscious about in themselves that pretty obvious to everyone else. That, that and they shit them. A, this shits them about themselves, and then they make a comedy out of it. Was this stuff? But they're probably in... still the same. You know, it doesn't help. Was it? Was this stuff? In the writing, though, like, especially the, if Brendan went, "Hey, how about you do this?" Was there any point you went, "No, that's really going too far"? Was there stuff you didn't want to do? Oh, there were times when I said that's going too far, and they just said, "Do it anyway." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not really. I, I think we. Um, I don't think so because no, we, started, we, look, we, all, we just play really fast and loose yeah. with, with it anyway, all the way through, and we're not even getting sort of too hung up on the actual lines on the day. You know, we, we, it was great to have a script there. I mean, in, with Larry David, he doesn't. Curb Enthusiasm, he doesn't write a script. He just writes a, a, a sort of a story, scene breakdown, describing each scene, and he doesn't tell the actors uh, anything more than their character would know in that scene. Well, we couldn't do that because they've got a 40 to 1 ratio, so basically we couldn't afford to shoot 40 times more than we put to air. We couldn't afford to edit it either, so we had to have scripts that were a little more advanced and coherent than that. But then once we get out on the, on the um, set, we would actually workshop and try and find the core of the scene just a little bit you know usually it was there and pretty obvious in the in the in what we'd written and sometimes we hadn't quite got it right and and we'd be changing it and fixing it right to the end because i think even that's a good thing just to give it a fresh feel you know I, want, I wanted to ask too about how the two of you approached the, the, the let's say the notion of reality shall we mm. um so you know you're obviously there playing a character called peter moon You've yeah. got uh, the families cast with, with actors who are keeping their their real first names. So yeah, yeah. you know, um, but then taking Moon as a, as a surname. Yeah. Um, and then you've got uh, a character called Bruno, who I'm I'm presuming is sort of well, the name, Brendan Moon. You actually name. you're opening up a bit of a sore point here. But go on, Brendan. <laughs> the, 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 the fa- Brendan I all, failed the audition. Yeah, for I auditioned. Himself. I auditioned the part to play myself. Well, they really, I, yeah. Um, and in fact, Peter's family they were. The director said that when he first came down from where he's, he's semi-retirement in Noosa with all the scripts and stuff. No, he, he says down, he's not retired. He says he just sits up there and he chooses only the best yeah. projects. Anyway, he comes down and he goes, we're going to make it real. We're going to use the real family. Because in this little thing we shot for Foxtel, we shot like a 15-minute reel or whatever, a bunch of scenes, um, Peter's wife was in it playing his wife. And, and, my, and a few of my kids And too. a few of the, his kids were in it and my son played the boy next door. He's the only one who actually he's in the show. That's Josh next door is, is my boy. Yeah. But uh, just go. Let's make it real. We're going to do that, and I want you to audition for the 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 role of the writer. And so we did. I got to the down to the short list. So there was me and two other guys, but I didn't get the part. In a real actor got the part. The guy Paul Ireland who got it is. I mean, Brendan and I get on really well. That's the and, problem. It's kind of boring our relationship. We don't really argue that much, and you know we're on the same wavelength. So it's uh, yeah, it's not great comedy. I mean, what, what this is really about, that relationship, is and it's not what happens in our relationship, 
but there's sort of a little inkling of it, I suppose, at times, because so when we were on the radio, Brendan's sort of dependent on me to have a gig so that he's got some work, <laughs> you know. Um, and then, But then that hasn't really been much of a problem because he gets lots of work everywhere anyway. And mo- the reality is I'm sort of... But not as know, highly having, paid as the radio. Work. No, no, well, that's probably true, but... <laughs> yeah. But, you know, in, in the show, we take that dependent relationship and we, we exaggerate it to the point where this guy that Paul's playing, Bruno, is just, you know, he's totally dependent on me for any yeah. income. And a- we've like, we're spent the five odd- years writing a script yeah. and, and I, I, you know, I'm talking to Fred Skepsi about it or something and I insist on playing the lead. And so the whole thing goes down the tube and he's like, what the fuck? Why did you do, you know, why did you do that? So there's all that ag that happens, which uh, could happen in a theoretical writer-performer <laughs> relationship, but doesn't with us. But yeah. Look, I don't know if there are rules. You watch um, Larry David does a lot, and he has you know Ted Danson and, and Mary Steenberg and other good friends of his, and so mm-hmm. there they are playing themselves. But then he has other well-known actors playing characters, and it's, you don't know, Michael McKean played a director, a guy who directed one episode of Seinfeld or something and was... Bugging him for work, and then, and his father is played by Shelley Berman, isn't it? Uh, I think it was a well-known American mm. comedian. It was a, a Catskills. Yeah, comedy, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there are not everybody is playing themselves. Oh, so I, I, admit, I was a little bit thrown when Damien Walsh Howling yeah. turns up, and well, you and see, I, that was unfair because I didn't, I didn't actually know that Damien Walsh Howling was really famous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I only found out on the day when the wardrobe lady was going, oh, he's an animal. And all <laughs> so, I mean, you just leave him, you know, yeah. He's actually a really nice guy. He is um, looking particularly hot in that episode as well. You've got to say, well, he's looking, you know. Yeah, no, he's, he was fantastic in the show. But that, that was in one of the blogs I read or something, a crit of the show, saying why did why wasn't he, why was he used, why wasn't he using his real name? But well, cause at first I thought the joke was going to be that he was also so hard up for work that he was going around mm. installing tellies. Well, but, yeah, why weren't you there to tell us? We would have done it. <laughs> and, and I just, just want to ask just on that as well, though. Um, there's also when you were writing, like um, I'm, I'm wondering, did you have to write in? Because uh, there's so many real celebrities in there. Did you have to write in like, um, you know, famous director shows interest in in Peter, and then work no, out? Well, who originally you could get, we or? we said this is who we'd like, and we wrote it. So um, the one uh, uh, Greg McLean was uh, Fred Skepsi. Because the producer we worked with actually are working on a project with Fred Skepsi and they knew him, but he and spent six months. He was going to do it, but he spent six months here and six sure. months overseas yeah. and that didn't work out. So then it's, oh, who can we get? And then that was Greg McLean. Um, the episode with um, uh, Bruce Beresford yeah. was going to be, uh, it was written as Baz Luhrmann. Okay. Um, and Brian Brown was always... And no, he was Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. <laughs> Mel was, as we now know now, Mel was a busy man. Yeah. <laughs> it was Apparently actually he's the Mel, famous. Yeah, mm. the Mel Gibson thing, there are a few things that we lost because it wasn't Mel. Well, there's one particular one which I love, which was the fact that um, when uh, the... The boy next door, Josh, borrows one of the DVDs. Have you seen the, you know, seen the episode, right? He borrows the DVD and go, it's, what was it, a, um, a knee, Finding Nemo or whatever, but it's yeah. actually got the wrong disc inside. Uh, that was going to be... Um, chicken Run. Chicken Run, which Mel was in. Right. And so when the, um, the woman next door, the Jewish, South African Jewish woman next door, <laughs> comes over and says, what are you doing to my son, brandishing this cover that goes chicken run Peter would go no no it's not a film about death camps it's, it's and about chickens for God's sake it's about chickens <laughs> so we had to lose that unfortunately that was brilliant but, but, uh, but oh by but the way all the anti-semitic jokes in it are Brendan's and he's Jewish alright so just leave me alone <laughs> the, uh, the 
the thing about it being Brian Brown, though, and this is this is an, mm. another thing that I really like about the show, is it seemed it, it's it's a lot more realistic that uh, you and your wife th- that you would all have history with Brian Brown because he spends so much time here and uh, oh, then Mel, you mean th- than Mel Gibson? Yeah, yeah people well, probably mean, forget that. I mean, Mel did go to NIDA and all that kind of stuff, and that was supposedly they were at NIDA together. Or well, the thing that started me thinking about that was the, that Sally McKenzie is a, a, a writer in, and performer in uh, Queensland. She was in the same class as Mel, and she did a, a, doc- a documentary for television a couple of years ago where she interviewed Mel. In Hollywood, and it was about that year. What happened to all the people of NIDA that year? And that's what sort of started me thinking about it. So, um, you know, it, that's why I thought Mel might have done it because he actually did the interview with her for his for her documentary. And our show's much better. But then, than that. yeah, <laughs> we, but we then, said, strangely yeah. didn't bother calling back. <laughs> we never heard back from Mel. So then you go, or oh, who can we get? And then you know, you just try and through the contacts or whoever. Um, the the but, woman, but, the but e- I, executive I, producer from Foxtel, is a personal friend of Brian Brown. Now, he didn't have time to do it because he was busy, but he said, yeah, use my name, use my films, that's fine. And so we had to get someone to do a Brian Brown voice and whatever. Yeah. But I must be Greg McLean was the only one that kind of threw me back because you've got this suburban uh, dentist going, oh, I love Wolf Creek. I'm a huge fan <laughs> of Greg McLean's. I talk about him all the time. And you're going... I'm not entirely convinced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that it was, was a good performance, though. He, was, yeah, sold, it, was. he sold it he as did. hard as like a big read, <laughs> Just I mean, Fred Skipsy. Read Fred Skipsy. For Greg McLean, think Fred Skipsy. Can I also yeah. ask that the doctor is meant to be Peter's brother? Is that right? Or is it Peter's. Is there a, a family connection? No, oh, I, no, no. I he's, thought he was he's a friend. To be Henry he's a friend. a friend. He's just a friend. Okay. <laughs> he's just a guy that I've known. I think probably because I'm a hypochondriac, I've formed a relationship <laughs> right. with him, you know. Yeah, yeah, are you thrown by the uncle, Uncle the, the Peter? Un- the uncle, oh, that's just, yeah. I suppose, they're such old friends that have known each other for years that the kids are sort of, you okay. know. But the other thing, there yeah. is that thing of like being, you know, you're a middle-class lad, which I am, and, the, and you haven't done law or medicine. And then the people that have done law and medicine, when you get to our age, I mean, for a while they've been pretty smart going, this is fucking great, you know, look, I've got the big house and everything. But then they go, you know, they see the, the rat bags and they go, they look like they might be having more fun. You know, and whenever you go and see them, you, they want to know what you're doing because basically they're just still putting on the rubber glove and sticking the hand up and the magic's gone, you know. And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so that's a common and oft-repeated theme in my life, you know, you get, once you get to this age, which I don't care to speak about, so just move on. <laughs> Feel free to not answer this question if, okay. if you find it uncomfortable, but... Uh, I've known a, a few series to go through Comedy Channel and uh, and have uh, found out that they are quite, let's say, hands-on. Mm. Some would say hands-on. Some would say interfering. Uh, <laughs> ha- how have you found... Uh, work- I, look, this is not because... I'll just say this is not because we really hope that we get a second series. They've been absolutely fantastic and went, and true to their word like when they when they first pitched or said to everyone come and give us ideas they said we want to do this on the HBO model in other words you know they're committed to giving the creative people all the support that well that's what they're renowned for um, now if and- you talk, I think if you're talking about the comedy channel specifically this is the first sort of narrative comedy or sitcom project they've done most of the other local stuff has been more I stand up stuff or variety kind of thing. So maybe they feel I don't know what they feel less confident in 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 this kind of show. They figure we the ones who know what we're doing or whatever. They've been very but sort of were, almost deferential to us yeah. because of, we have a track record, which is nice. Because you do expect people to. I mean, you don't want people grovelling, but you do think you know. I have done a few things and it has worked. And so who are you and what are you telling me? But that, 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 there's no, nothing like that. Uh, 
with them. Just one thing, and I've told this to a few people, but we, uh, when they first showed interest, they, um, that we went, they said, go away and write four scripts and get your team together. And then when we look at the scripts and look at the team, we'll decide if we want to go ahead. And uh, we got um, Ruby Entertainment to do the sort of nuts and bolts producing. Mm-hmm. And they, we wrote four scripts. And uh, in the meantime, they were talking money with Foxtel. And Foxtel had offered 160000 a half hour to make it. Um, Ruby came up with the figure of 300000 an ep to shoot it. And so we told Foxtel, well, we're going to have to cut the number of characters down and, you know, simplify these episodes. And, and they the said, no, no. Peter works in a, in a news stall, in a foyer of a building, basically, <laughs> and he's there 24 hours That's a day. Right, yeah, yeah, and yeah. two guys come by. A peanut then, concession. Yeah, or something. That's yeah. it. And <laughs> anyway, they said, no, don't do that. Here's the money, basically. Oh, wow. Which was Not fantastic. Quite Not quite, but nearly but the money. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that, I think the show looks fantastic because when you consider, you know, the the budget, which is probably less than even, uh, most other even narrative comedies in it's, Australia. It's, it's less than this show. <laughs> is, it, yeah. is it? You had an explosion in episode yeah. three. That was yeah. impressive. It's less than very small business, the budget, in fact, well, the ABC we've heard, show. We've heard it is. And that essentially is one location. There's the odd, I mean, the cutaway to those other, about two or three, the music shop and some other place. But, but they, yeah. you cut away to them every mm. week, don't you? So there's mm. maybe three or four other locations you see. Mm. And essentially that's it. And But there's uh, 110 and actors in it too. In our show, yeah. Which is partly just because <laughs> the kind of show it is, you know, like with me, my character is the centre, but moving through the world, I keep meeting different people, you know. So well, you Also need a your lot show of has some jokes in it as well. Well, the jokes are cheap. We just get Brendan. I've been trying not to say that. For oh. uh, jo- now, John. Sorry, I, I have to put John into context here, where uh, he he uh, he came to me. So, uh, whatever happened to that guy? You know what? I actually laughed. Yeah, I actually it, laughed. it was because yeah. Australian Stone comedy that actually made me laugh. Really, it really was wasn't one of those malicious. Oh, they <laughs> screwed it up again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least that yeah. wasn't your know, bewilderment. Uh, Schadenfreude <laughs> or whatever, yeah. Now, have you mm. found making this uh, with Foxtel that uh, – are, th- are they more relaxed there as far as kind of viewer figures go and not having to explode out of the blocks on the first episode? Um, and if you if you don't do that, then you're relegated to we'll, uh, 30 We'll Thursday. find out when they tell us whether we've got a second <laughs> series or not. I oh. think they are slightly less um, – because they have uh, – a captive audience to certain extent. They have their subscriber base, so they've got that revenue coming in. They're not as reliant on advertising revenue. And they're also interested in the kind of buzz and and publicity that a show generates for the network. You know, mm-hmm. are people going to go, oh, there's some good stuff on there, maybe I'll subscribe or whatever. So I think that plays a bigger part. So, yeah, the figures aren't as important, but who knows, we'll wait see look in the end they are in business but on the other hand it's it's a rupert murdoch sort of venture isn't it and i mean i, I only i hadn't been to their facilities in sydney until we uh, i started going around doing interviews for this show and really their their setup in sydney is better than any uh free-to-air station that i've been to it's quite amazing the amount of resources that they put into it and you know i mean rupert murdoch love him or hate him i mean he just it, once he decides to do something he just pours money in until it works, and yep. uh, that seems to be... Maybe not to be this show specifically. I don't know if Rupert's sitting well, no, there. They'll make, a decision. Guy, they they make a decision about whether this show works for them and what they're doing. Yeah. I don't know, but, not, but I think I just feel nothing but um, that they've been, been good to us. But I do think that that our show's a good show, and I thank you for laughing at it. Um, and, and if it isn't finding an audience I, there, I don't... 
think it means it never will. But, uh, you know, because we love the show and we put a lot into it and we're really hoping more people what, get to see it. What sort of response do you get from a, like a cable station? Is it different to what you were getting you know, on Channel 7? Like, how do you know if the show's working on a cable station? Well, the, the, I mean, what they they do figures which we don't understand, and they don't tell us all of them because they're very commercially sensitive figures. Mm-hmm. But they they look at uh, what sort of audience they had before our show was on, and then and they use the same, I think, McNair Anderson or whatever it is, you know, the little Oz-tam. boxes. Oztam, Oztam, Oztam. Oh, so they, they uh, can't actually tell. No, see, that's weird. I don't know why they can't just get it from their little their boxes. You know, they should be able to know how many how many boxes are turned. You know, turn yeah, in. But yeah. as far as what they're they watching do, live, whatever yeah. figures. They use they have they're the ones they use, but and they have this thing of they said we've got this many viewers, but with the reach of this, so there's obviously maybe they know how many households are switched on, but they don't know exactly how many people. So the the reach is, you know, how many people live in that household, but they don't know if all of them are watching. In terms of you know that's quantity. I mean, they do the same thing. They ratings. They probably get minute by minute breakdowns. They can look at the demographics and all that sort of stuff. They've never shown us the minute by minute. No. I would have liked to have seen them, particularly like when the ass shot. Just see if they yeah. went up or down. <laughs> but in terms of you know whether you, the other thing is, are people enjoy the people who are watching it? Are they enjoying it? And then that's just a mixture of I mean, you know, it's reviews, and generally the reviews were were positive for the show. I think the Herald Sun didn't like it, but apart from that, most other papers gave it a. A, a, a positive review, and then it's just people that you bump into who have seen it, you know, and um, hopefully some of them are being honest. They're not just all bullshitting because you're your friend or I'm you know I'm not getting very many people, uh, maybe a couple, but I'm getting a lot of people saying they're finding it funny and enjoying it and stuff, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I just hope it finds, you know, yeah. it finds an audience, but maybe these days. It, the thing is, it's, it's all just so different in, in uh, uh, cable. It's It's... Because because this is not the part of the basic package either. I mean, it's you're talking about you have to get all the people that watch cable, and then you have to then it's further limited by it's there have to be people that have paid the extra for the comedy channel, and are they going to pay the extra just on the strength of our show? But and, but how how do how do Foxtel get people to to pay the extra thing? It's not just one sh- show. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a whole series of shows. Well, that's the HBO and, kind of approach. Well, yeah, and, and the the thing with HBO was that uh, it, it took ages before you know Sex and the City and Sopranos were on air for a long time before people thought, oh, it's actually worth getting HBO for these shows that have buzz. Uh, a lot of shows them. take a long time, I and mean, you know, and and no one watched The Office when it was first on in England. It first went to air and very little, but then word of mouth started to spread. And then they, I don't know how long it was, three months or six months, they repeated it and it, it But also went huge. no one bought it here yeah. either for a couple of years. It won BAFTAs before SBS mm. bought it. And then, then, and then it was still winning BAFTAs. And then finally the old ABC said, oh, maybe we could put it on, you know. But, not, but I don't think our show is really like that, that sort of a show. Our show, I don't think, I wouldn't claim that it's like a shift of paradigm, you know, in comedy and like so original or uh, eye-popping as that. But still, um, yeah, I think it's it's a solid sort of thing. Can, so, can yeah. I ask a, a question? Something that shits me to tears in Australian <laughs> comedy are the musical stings. Yeah. Oh, Why? We, we did mention this before. Yeah, the Why, bah, bah, wow, Why do all Australian comedies have those wah, 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 wacky music. stings? And this one's a bit more jazzy. Jazzy but wacky music. This has got a bit more. This is very percussive and, and stuff. At least it's less. It's well, less sort of comic cliche. I think it's kind of more interesting. But um, a lot of shows do it. A lot of overseas shows do it as well. But uh, I you know, know it, just, it just it just jars me when I hear it. Yeah. 
It's like well, if someone's trying to, it's like canned laughter, isn't it? If someone's trying to get a laugh out of something, just put a bit of sting of energy in because basically the, the scene ended flat. Then you just feel you're being cheated. You know, mm. who do they think they're fooling? Mm. But I think sometimes it can enhance a scene, you know, and it can be good. It depends what it is. I mean, Nico, I think, did a great job on our show, and we tried to do something a little bit different because it basically was nearly all percussion, and then we put a little bit of um, uh, wind instruments in, you know, sax and stuff. And uh, and we told him when we were talking about the music, we said. We want it to sort of sound like start off and sound like it's going somewhere and then it falls over, basically. <laughs> you know, like every sting. And so he had a lot of fun and he did hundreds like of your, little like your career in the show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, somehow it just felt right. It was kind of like you you think he's just getting it together and then it goes, you know. Yep. And uh, so I, I think it works pretty well, you know. And it's diff- it's a little bit different. And uh, and Boston Legal mm-hmm. as a comedy always did that really well, like through the interstitials. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you never felt they were using that as a prop in that because the writing in Boston Legal is just fantastic. So, and the performances and but, but the whole thing it, really. It always, I think, I think one of the reasons is it always reminds me of the Adventures of Lane and Woodley, where uh, they did that a lot, uh, mm-hmm. and it didn't, you know, it, it didn't really need it. It seemed so forced and so much. Oh, by the way, in case you weren't aware, we're watching something wacky. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed Lena and Woodley, but I tend to I tend to either just like something or I don't, and I don't think about it if I if I like it. Uh, <laughs> right. good, you you know. so couldn't be regular this show, yeah? <laughs> no, deconstructed. Yeah. I always thought Lena and Woodley. Though, I thought that was a terrific show. So did did that spoil the whole show for you? Or oh no no no, I still I still enjoyed it. I actually thought and it suited Lena and Woodley myself. I thought that that made sense because well, that was, was kind of who they were. It was the, it was them playing the uh, the instruments. I just thought it was uh, overused. But they were a live action cartoon, you know, so that kind of made sense to me. And it didn't work yeah. for me. No, well, you know. And music was always a part of their live show yes. as well. So. Yeah. I quite yes, liked yeah. it personally. <laughs> yeah, I think you're get excited. Out. Get out, you know. Josh. Get out. That's three, four, four, one yeah. against. Eh? You've offended yeah. the guests. And, and if, oh. it'd be great if we could come in with a mu- musical sting now, just at the end of this little bit of the conversation, <laughs> <laughs> just to rub it in. I, I had one other question I was going to ask, which you've kind of already answered. I've I noticed that Australian comedy does have a tendency to be a, a few years behind, uh, and I think we're just talking about yeah, mm. the office. And there's a tendency we'll see we'll see a trend go through the UK, the US. And we tend to be a little bit, you know, lax on picking them up. And I was going to ask whether the fact that there had been shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm and everything from, you know, Kathy Giffen's Life on the D-List and, you know, whether that made it harder for it to show up or, or easier. But obviously... Easier generally. I think people, networks, are probably possibly less so Foxtel, but the commercial networks, yeah. If, they've, if something's been a success overseas, they're much more likely to look at it, I think. But, you know, there's different versions, different meanings of success. I mean, uh, I... I I think that our show rates on the on the um, Foxtel rates better than Curb Your Enthusiasm. So, whilst we all love Curb Your Enthusiasm and think it's a vastly superior show to ours, um, <laughs> it, because ours is local, people perhaps they want to see it. I know? think once um, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, settles into what it is, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think it's, it's also because yeah. people uh, people can relate to, to you as a character. And, mm. uh, and it, I mean, people remember those characters from Fast Forward so yeah, well. They do. You know, I love 
I love Larry David. I love Kubi enthusiasm. But after a while, you watch it and you go, for Christ's sake, Larry, shut up. He's, you're whinging about the service in a restaurant. Buy the fucking restaurant. Yeah. All right? You can afford it. It's, life isn't that hard. All right? When you're worth a billion dollars or whatever no, it is. I can't agree. I love I, – look, I, I just admire his ability to but, whinge, however good yeah. he is. Yeah. No. no, it's great. But that, him being annoying is part of the charm of that yeah, show. Tell yeah. me that's part of why you watch it, I guess. It's that whole, you know, um, Faulty Towers and everything. Thing. It's the cringe factor is. But also, I can't believe that. But also, it's not it. butter. No, but I, I, <laughs> I, the great thing about doing it the way he does it is is basing it on a sort of on himself. On the is that, you, and I don't know. You, you judge if it's worked for us, but you, you get away from a sort of a stock sitcom characters, and you get a more more complexity. And you know you, you're more involved, and it's just a much better experience. I, I think you that's, know. I think that's definitely worked well, especially with your character. Uh, I think there is there is so much complexity in in your character, and that comes out in that first scene. Where I have to say, I laughed out loud, and and very rarely do that. The first scene where you're sitting on bed watching your old tapes of you on <laughs> Fast <sad>. Forward. <laughs> that I mean, that's that's I just make such it a clear. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's on and I'm walking past, I'll go. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now talking about other other things that uh, may not happen to you in real life. The the whole Magda Zabanski, everybody <laughs> loves her. Uh, well, no, that really does happen yeah. because Magda was fantastic, and you know she got the gold. Logie and she was like the most popular person in Australia and you know people did come up and say Magda 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 yeah shut up you know I mean but that's true do they still do that today oh yeah occasionally they come up and I think I've trained most of them not to you know <laughs> they usually had their jaws wired so uh but everyone <laughs> Peter why weren't you in babe <laughs> I was I was the pig oh. <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't know. No, they don't really anymore. Not that much. But but if you if you get into a discussion about fast forward, Magda comes up, you know. Or, or but actually, different things come up too. To be honest, there's a lot of people who I think must just be homophobic that start going on about the stewards, the airline stewards. And oh, they love Peter and the airline yeah, stewards. Yeah, yeah, which I wasn't in. That wasn't <laughs> him. It was Michael. Yeah. And I always felt that was that that was a bit homophobic. That sketch and it made me a little bit uncomfortable. You know. Oh, and, but, and, uh, and when they did it again recently. It was still homophobic. Oh, well, that's right. They did it in Comic Relief or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, or, or Logies or something. No, it was Comic Relief. It I was. think it was Comic Relief, mm, yeah. wasn't it? Yes. But on the other hand, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's not a vicious attack on gays or anything, but, you know, yeah. But it was kind of homophobic. It was a little bit, maybe. Well, that's I think my the official people, word on the panel. I think yeah. the, well, I think the people that loved it, I think that they're probably, they tend to be big, oh, I love that, you know, a couple of, you know, yellow. They tend to be blokes that you might think, you know, don't mind a bit of... Rub and tug after the football match, thing, but, but I'm not gay. There's nothing gay. Nothing gay about that. <laughs> Brendan Luno and, and Peter Moon, we're out of time, and we haven't mm. even really touched on any of your, your past work. And the, the two oh. episodes of Prisoner you did. Yeah, sorry. Two episodes of Prisoner that you were. Oh, apparently yeah, in. yeah. Well, that was pretty. It's better that we don't go. And, there. and also, what was it? Carson's Law. That, the voice Carson's at the start. Law. What did you? The line you said that's at the it start was, of uh, every. Gentlemen episode. of the jury, have you reached a verdict or something? In you, Carson's so you, Law. Didn't you some line that's heard on every episode at the start of the episode? No, no, not at the start. It's, oh. I was one of the guys in the court, so I would go there. It was a fantastic gig when I was struggling, you know, because I'd go there and I'd just get up five times and say, "Gentlemen of the jury, have you reached a verdict?" And then I'd, they'd send me out the 
back to wait, and then I'd come and say it again, and I'd got a five-episode pay, so I'd like, you know, get two grand or something. And only one line to remember. That was my favourite gig. But the other one, which we don't have time to talk about, is the dead child molester in Cop Shop. Just... <laughs> <laughs> now, the role you're best remembered for, I think, mm, in many ways. Now, now I, I want I to know. I thought I a logie, actually. But, is, mm. is, is that a dead person who was a molester of children, or was that a molester of dead children? Well, and, I was alive at the, at the start. I was just ogling a child in a shop, and then uh, it was just, and then I, well, that was it, pretty much. Then I drove off, and then. Then the uh, the other actors informed the audience that I was inside a house that was burning down. So <laughs> ah. I didn't get paid for that. I was hoping they'd call me in just to do a bit of, you know, what do they call that? The, you know, Foley. recording the sound after. Yeah, a bit yeah. of Foley, a bit of screaming. Yeah, it, ah! Oh, yeah. God, I'm a dead child molesting! Brendan and Peter, thank you so much for, for joining you. us on, on Box Cutters. Thank Spenders. you. Pleasure. We'd, thank you. We'd love to have you back to uh, to talk about past Any time when you're doing some, you know, you know, whatever happened to that guy? Whatever happened to that guy? That whatever happened to him? Uh, whatever happened to that guy is now on uh, Comedy Channel Friday nights at nine thirty. I think it's just after Aussie Gold. So, or, or maybe it's part of Aussie Gold. I don't know. You I make t- up your mind. <laughs> Such a season pass. <laughs> Hi, I'm really lucky to be the guest of these funny, gorgeous, sexy, hunky men. This is Jane Badler. You're listening to Box Cutters. Kings uh, is a, a new show, deals with a working class family living in Sydney named The King Family. Stars uh, Mark Kunis, who you might remember from Catch Us If You Can mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and Secret Valley. And uh, and um, I, I'm, and uh, Deborah Lee Fennis. I, 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 I don't think that's that's not the one. No, that, that's not the one. Kings. We would Kings. That, that, we're reviewing. You've, you've, no, the basketball you've, team you've, as well. You've watched the wrong Kings. And no, Mark it, Mark Kunis plays no, uh, this, no, well, this well, kid. Yes, who, yes. Who, yeah, but not. But it's not. It's not that one we're reviewing. We're, we're doing the American one. Oh, the the one about King David. Yeah. Right. Kings is a uh, is is a new. Uh, oh, he's slick though. It's a new show from... <laughs> it's all in the editing. We fixed it in post. From the <laughs> New show from the US, uh, which... Thank uh, you, Wikipedia. <laughs> which stars Ian McShane, who people might remember from Deadwood. Transporting. And, and Transporting. Mm. Uh, and Slave to the Rhythm. I've got to mention that. He is the voice on Grace Jones' Slave to the Rhythm. I thought Grace Jones was the voice. Oh, she, um, she's the singing one. But no, he's the one who does the whole Miss Grace Jones, slave oh, to the rhythm. That's the him. Intro. That's oh. Ian McShane. Excellent. I know. But well, trivia for you. He, uh, he, he plays uh, a, a king of a uh, seemingly made-up country. And, uh, and this, uh, this, uh, so- someone else plays uh, this uh, soldier named David who goes up against these machines called Goliath. And he manages to uh, basically throw a rock in. Uh, they're kind of like giant tanks, and he throws a rock in uh, in one of their gun barrels. And uh, it's a la, spanner, a, I think. Actually. Oh, is it a spanner? Spanner, yeah. spanner with, with a bit with, of rag. with a hand grenade attached uh, to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and and a la an old Warner Brothers cartoon, uh, the, uh, the the Goliath tank blows itself up because it tries to uh, shoot and uh, and it can't because it's blocked. 
And then the headlines the next day read, David beats Goliath. And there's well, a huge well, uproar. Did it actually try to shoot? Because he did follow it up he, with... You know what? He, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> he did follow it, it up with matter. the missile. Anyway, so he's then brought into the city, which has been rebuilt after the war. Uh, the king says, hey, come hang around a bit. I'll make pancakes, which is all I seem to remember from the whole episode. And uh, he meets the king's daughter and they dance a bit. There's a piano. Um <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about it, really, isn't it? <laughs> it's essentially it's the story of King David with more pianos, with more pianos uh, told in a kind of uh, it, it's it's almost like they're trying to uh, reconstruct Caprica. Yeah, so, look, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, this, I, I mentioned this before, but I've got to say this was the weird thing for me that it took me half an hour to work out what the premise of the show was because I turned it on and I went. Oh, okay, it's set in the near future after a, another civil war in America. That's an interesting, you know, concept. How would people deal if they've been at war? And then it was like, no, no, it's not that. Okay, oh, they're on another planet. Okay, it's another planet that's quite a bit like Earth and has New York in it. Okay, no, no, it's not that either. But you do you do look at the IMDb page for it, and pretty much the first thing you see is a modern-day alternate reality drama no, but about that's a thing. I just watched who rises it. to become the king of his nation yeah, based I, on I the just put it on story like, King David. We don't all go and wa- look at IMDb well, then, before we watch a show. I, I put it on as if it was a TV show and half an hour in, I looked it up on Wikipedia to actually think, what the hell am I watching? And that was when I saw that and went, oh, it's mm. the world's most boring alternate universe story. It's a what if. What if things were almost exactly the same as they are, but America had a butterfly logo? I mean, that's effectively what it well, is. Well, that was God speaking to it. Well, apparently. But, and the weird thing is the king appears to just be the president. He seems to have much the same powers. He's got a whole bunch of people around him telling him what to do all the time. And there isn't a weird well, he doesn't have to be elected again. Well, even that, they, they got, because they're getting the, um, they get at one point going, oh, the people are unhappy about this. The polls have come in. You're going, he's a king. Why is he polling people to see how he's... Well, they'll re- no, they will revolt. Yeah, but there's, there's no it's sense... It's like Simtown, the original Simtown. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's all, yeah. there's, there's no sense that any world, any kind of coherent world has been created for this show. It's like they just kind of wanted to do a bit of a glam West Wing soap. And, I, and I, additionally, just, they're at war. So, so if the populace... Uh, starting to turn against the king, then th- it's very easy for them to to take over. But I find it impossible to believe any of it too, because it's a very techno savvy world. But they've apparently been at it war for ages, gorgeous. and it looks yeah. I don't, I don't. I just found the whole thing going. What what the hell is this? What's it for? And I found the characters incredibly bland. I was going to mention the guy who plays the the, the David um, character. Reminded me of that really bland actor whose name I looked up before the show, and I've already forgotten the guy that was in Batman and Robin. Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. He reminded me so much of Chris O'Donnell, who I've already forgotten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not good. No. No, that's, <laughs> that's not good. Uh, and, yeah, all. I don't know. That, that's that, Christopher that, Egan. And that, honestly, is all I've got to say about it. So I'll, I'll pass back to you guys. Brett, <laughs> Brett you've, you've actually watched more episodes of this than, uh, than the rest of us have. Three plus... Two minutes. Oh, <laughs> Actually, okay. I, I didn't end up getting uh, far into the fourth episode. I only got through two. I just couldn't bring it to. Yeah, there was washing I could do instead, uh, and I did that. It's. I, I just find it really. So, so you didn't like it? I thought you must have liked it. No, I did. I did. Than- I, I ran out of time. Um, I found it quite compelling. Um, I I found the look of it really gorgeous. Um, yeah, I mean, it is well I, shot. I was cinematography is very good. I was intrigued with uh, what was going on with. Uh, the king's daughter, uh, who, who had a bit of a dalliance with uh, with young David, um, and what was going on there. There was a reference, and and she kind of very quickly got pulled back from uh, from carrying on with that involvement. So I'm very intrigued about where that's going to go. Um, the son, who uh, 
expected to have have power passed onto him who it's looking like he's not going to and and young david uh, gets gets the position that he was expecting to be handed on a platter as it were um but then there are political reasons for that as well so for, but did you find the characters him. interesting when you were yeah yeah ha- have um, you, like, like it's quite have, have you read the story in the bible i hadn't and in fact i i went looking to to uh, get up to speed on the st- the story in the Bible, but I found it quite Shakespearean in uh, the Titus Andronicus uh, type of way. It probably, probably so, so the, the bad, parallels the bad there Shakespeare because <laughs> so bad Shakespeare plays Troilus and Cressida as well. I, 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 no, I saw the Shakespeare thing as well. well I'm mostly influenced by the uh, the Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, yeah, no, because but that's the thing. I, I saw it, and again, the Shakespeare thing's there, but it made me kind of just want to go off and watch like Richard the Third again. You know, the the one set in nine thirties. Yeah, well, this um, is because it had a, I could kind of see. I don't know, and I, I guess too. I think it's meant to be a soap. I guess it's meant to be like a big glamour kind of dynasty Dallas t- style soap for well, you know the modern age. Well, because it's because it's, it's a bunch of really boring characters doing a bunch of quite dull things, and I just kind of thought it, no, it's, it's like it's like the roots of the new millennium. No, it's. It's just, it's a really, it's, it's, I, I, found, I found it a really... The your people, Josh. No, it's, it's not. It's a really unimaginative retelling of, uh, of a story. It's, it's just, we want to take a story that's already written so we don't really have to nut out the, uh, the storylines too much. I found it really lazy. They spent a lot of money, obviously, on making it look good without actually concentrating on making it... Uh, interesting, exciting, or uh, or intriguing. Uh, any of those. He's such would... a renaissance man before the renaissance, young David. It's a terrible show. He cooks fantastically as well. It's, it, the more I'm talking about it... <laughs> the Plays more piano, ta- he can fix the car. The more I'm talking about it, the more I dislike it. It's, it's, just, it's one of those shows that if you stop to think about it, or when I stop to think about it, I just keep finding floor after floor after as, a, floor. as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I, I just more and more want to get back to it. Oh, yeah, no, I... I, I listen, I only watched the two episodes because I just really could not bring myself to watch it. Even, which was even real, finishing the which two. Which was just one double. Was, yeah, it was yeah. really hard. I found it really hard to get through because I just didn't care about any of the people. I found it just it was just so boring. And because the... I think because the universe it takes place in has not been thought through in any way. There's no particular kind of... I don't feel like... The, if you If you put the writers down and said, what's the backstory to this place? I don't think they'd be able to tell you. I don't think they have any idea. It's just like, cool, tanks. Look, it's a butterfly. And, um, yeah, I just... And I, kind of mystical city names and place names and stuff. Yeah, and I must be, um, I'm also not familiar with the source material, so I didn't... I, yeah. I'm also looking forward to finding out uh, more about the, uh, the uh, application of power of uh, the Reverend, Reverend Samuels, um, played by one of those Oz uh, old cast members, Eamon Walker. Eamon Walker. Yeah. Uh, who I always liked in Lust as well. Yeah, he was, uh, he was Saeed on, uh, on Oz. Oh, yeah. so, uh, the, uh, I don't know, I just, I just don't, it just doesn't grab me. And the thing is that the stories, when I was a kid, uh, the stories of, uh, of, of King David and, and King Saul just, I thought were fascinating and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and really grabbed me as a kid learning about them. And I was really hoping that they would be retold with that. When I worked out very, very quickly what, what was going on, I thought, oh, well, maybe they'll, they'll work out 
the the passion that's in those stories and uh and and how uh terrifying it is for david at times and uh and and saul's kind of journey as as a, a king who's coming down uh none of that comes across at all in the first three episodes it just it's just like we've got all right, we'll, we'll retell uh, the story of David, but then we'll also just try to make it a political intrigue story. There is also a, uh, there's another company. There's some sort of private enterprise company oh. that's ruling the king and Glemoglex or whatever. The, the, I, the, that's I, funding the kingdom, basically. Yeah, and yeah. again, I don't know. It was one of these things that I kept... Which is that kind actually, of muddling of... of but this thing, I think... I present think, day and... I think that's probably my habit that I realised that it wasn't close enough to the real world to be able to do anything allegorically with and it wasn't far enough away from the real world to do anything terribly interesting and I just found myself going why not just make a series about the president and I know because to me it, it hadn't it wasn't gaining anything from this kind of mystical fairyland that they were putting it in and I was kind of distracted uh, by the guy who was uh, pulling the strings there or, or trying to get him to uh, uh, do what he wanted him to do because I just kept on thinking of the pedophile a uh, psychologist from Happiness. Oh, who's so, the same yeah, yeah. actor? Yeah, I uh, yeah, it's, I just don't get like it's just not for me. I think maybe it's for for some people, but it, it reminds me a, it's a, a lot. Brett. Of, That's nice. Sorry? It's nice that Brett's enjoying yeah, it. Brett's, Brett's enjoying it. Mm-hmm. it That's re- good. It reminds me of the uh, the Sci Fi Channel uh, last year did a series that was based on uh, the Wizard of Oz, uh, and. It, it kind of reminds me of that horrible, uh, cheap attempt at, uh, at at taking a story that we all know and love and and trying to make it relevant. It to was our interesting. Time. That I, yeah, this is the one where I actually had to go to the internet, and go, okay, what am I watching? Why am I watching it? And um, and I did find uh, it had mostly very very good reviews in in America and terrible ratings. So it was kind of a, just a, a odd kind of. It wasn't. It didn't seem to be grabbing people, but. Uh, but people appreciate it a lot in it, and it is very well shot. My answer. I think yeah. Has it has it been? I think it's been cancelled already. Shelved. Or or yeah. They're not going to go with the second series. I don't think they're going to go. For a uh, no, Ian McShane's already signed up to do uh, a mini series. Slave to the Rhythm, the mini series. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which he plays Grace Jones. He'll be fabulous. Yeah. Anyway, that's Kings. You can uh, you you can find it on uh, the internet somewhere. Watch one thing. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. <laughs> I really thought I'd be used to it by now, but no, it's no, no, you're not. I'm not. I'm really I don't not. think you ever will be. I don't think I ever will be. It's 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 particularly engineered. <laughs> Just to uh, just just to screw with you, Brett Cropley. If you were going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? Uh, this week. It was yes, yes, this week. This week. No, if you're going to watch one in thing... In seven weeks' that wasn't, time. That wasn't a question. In 1979. In 1844. Comma. <laughs> I would watch on Thursday night on Channel 31 at uh, 9.30, a little show called The Community Cup. It's a documentary about a footy match between the SB Rock Dogs and the Triple R PBS Megahertz. And then on Sunday, I would go down and uh, watch me out on the field playing in The Community Cup. 
which is a footy match between the SB Rock Dogs and the Triple R PBS Megahertz. I assume you're going to be a That somehow attracts 20,000 people every year. Are you... Uh, I, I'm not sure about that somehow. <laughs> put, it, put it in the little blurb. What, you think you playing football is something people should be... I, you know. I think that, that uh, it, it's pretty much expected. Melbourne has a, a fantastic sense of community and, I, and it's hang, no hang surprise on. whatsoever... Community radio that, and football. ...that we get 20,000 people down there. Mm. Do, do you appear in... Uh, I haven't seen it. I didn't right. even know that this documentary existed. So I'm waiting. So if you do oh, appear, okay. it's a surprise to I, everyone. I may yeah. well be. Yes. All that locker room uh, footage is going to be quite surprising. I think I'll be number 31 okay. on the field um, if I'm in there. Or else uh, the, the particularly good-looking guy in the rooms. Anyway, if you're, uh, if you're in uh, Melbourne this week, that's uh, at Elstonwick Oval uh, on... Elstonwick yeah. Park? Elstonwick Park, Elstonwick Oval... Roads, uh, Go to Elstonwick, look for a there. big area of land. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'd say. What time? When? Uh, it's uh, most of the day. I think gates probably open at 10 or something and they've got bands. On, on what, what day? Just on say it again. Sunday. Sunday the what? Sunday the, uh, the 21st of June. Okay. Uh, I, I think if you watch one thing, uh, it should be King of the Hill at what? midnight on uh, Thursday night, Friday morning on Channel 7. I, I love King of the Hill. Okay, no, fair enough. Uh, and I'm going Channel 31 as well. It's a big, big you know, oh. 31 theme. Oh, why don't um, you just bon- both go and live in Russia? Yeah, I know. And I can't even pick it up at my house. So, you know, I, I'm recommending you watch something I haven't seen and can't watch. Um, and also because I tried watching on the Channel 31 website, which is one of the worst designed websites I've ever seen. So I have watched the first 12th of a second 400 times as a strange avant-garde approach to television. Oh, didn't you get a bit tired of it after all? Yeah, I was going, stop, stop. And it wouldn't why let me close why it. Why pause it and then let it No, buffer. I was trying to do that. It wouldn't let me pause it. It would then stop and go back to the... Uh, uh, oh, just terrible sight. Um, the Mutant Way. The Mutant Way is a new uh, game show, improvised comedy, contemporary panel. I'll just keep saying buzzwords. Um, it's hosted by Rob Lloyd, who's a comedian. He's one of the Hounds, a very good uh, Melbourne Hounds. comedy trio. Really? Yeah, they did things like uh, Last Buck of the Water at uh, Comedy Festival and Fringe. Uh, Every film ever made was the Hounds. And oh yeah, and the other show by them which I liked. Um, I haven't heard of them. The Hounds also has Tegan Higginsbottom in it, who uh, plays the daughter in Whatever Happened to That Guy. Ah. So it's all coming together. Um, uh, you you would have seen them at the uh, St Kilda Film Festival trivia night a couple of years ago. Yes, they've done a lot of trivia appearances. A lot of water going on the bridge since then. That is on Channel 31 on Monday nights at 9:30 p.m. and repeated at 1 a.m. Like right on now. Sundays. But you can repeat it on 1am Sunday. You can watch it there. What, what's what's it called? It's called The Mutant Way. If you go to Channel 31's website and type Mutant Way in the search box, it won't find it because it's a terrible website. You have to put <laughs> the in or it doesn't know what you're talking about. No, Mutant Way. No show called that. Oh, did you mean The Mutant Way? Oh, that's a whole other show. Thanks, Channel 31, <laughs> for your great web design there. Um, as as far as listings on uh, online, my preference is yourtv.com.au, which has a, a, quite a good uh, listing for Channel 31. I also have a website here for, for the mutant way, deacontv.org, which doesn't work. So, uh, which tv.org? Uh, deacontv.org is ah. the group producing it, but the link to their website doesn't work. <laughs> so hooray for the, the website and the mutant way, but I'm sure it's great. Sunday the 21st of June, 1am, at the mutant way, described as good news week on a budget. Check out his, this latest production from Deacon TV. Hooray, Deacon TV. Okay, question three. Which yeah, can I- all these going to be about war? No. I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay. Question three. 
Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Last week's quiz question was, can you name the theme to UFO? <laughs> and what was the answer to that? The theme to UFO. Oh, UFO. Oh, I, I should have got that. Yeah. It wasn't in so many words. No, it was more oral, wasn't it? It, it, it was. It was. A, yeah. it was the, we, a musical we, form. We played the theme to UFO, and then you had to name it. <laughs> but but we, don't, we don't have it here to we, play we, again. We don't, so, we, yeah. we don't have it no. here. And, and it, so it's uh, very exciting. The Crumpler Thirsty L is going out to... Dan Barrett. Congratulations. Uh, you, you've won the Thirsty L. We'll be in touch during the week to uh, find out where you live and how you can get your Thirsty L. What, what's this week's prize? This week we've got a uh, small hooja. Hooja. Uh, light red, dark uh, red. Uh, can you send those in the mail? Hooja. Hooja daddy? <laughs> Yes, I, I believe you can send them in the mail. Uh, as far as I know, they don't tick, they don't vibrate, uh, but they will carry... What could one keep in them? More chicken breast, oh, isn't it? Oh, I think, it, oh. I think it, a, a fresh chicken breast back no, from no, the... You know the mini drumettes. Yeah, I, mm. actually, I actually think you could fit four, uh, four nuggets and a dipping sauce. Hey, That's yes. true. Yeah, in yeah. that hooja. Oh, you, you'd probably quite, ruin it. It's quite you know. wide, though. So you might be able to fit I, in I think more. you could do a couple of layers. So, so maybe eight... And a dipping sauce. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. We're going to have to try this out one day. <laughs> uh, thanks very much to Crumpler, who give us things to give to you, the listener. They're really and good. if you want uh, a, a hooja, you can either go to crumpler.com.au and buy one, or, or you can answer the question, what is this the theme tune to? And who's it written by? Oh. Mm. This is great, I'm going to say. It makes you want to drive a car into a lingerie factory. Oh. Yeah. Oh, nice. Is it the 7.30 report? No? There goes that UFO from last week. <laughs> yeah, but, but it does sound like Destination Moon Road. It does a bit sound like Destination Moon Road. Okay. I think, uh, I think people have heard enough. If you can name that theme tune. I know, it's excellent. It is very good. It is excellent. If you can name that theme tune... Uh, and I'm just beyond the dark. Nobody's going to get to hear it in stereo you know, and have and that wobbly uh, roll and Hammond. Going. Shut up. <laughs> if the. Uh, it, It'd be it, rotary speaker. Uh, I, I think you've been not just you know, wobbly. <laughs> or maybe it is wobbly. The, the left to right. Yeah, yeah. But it is because of the rotary speaker. It which is. has the, a specific name. That makes it I wobbly. I can't think of what it is. Yeah. Josh. Right, come. You know what? I, I'm cutting out that second part to the, uh, to the question. If you can name who wrote it, fine, good. But in order to win the competition, you just have to name what is it the theme tune to. Ooh, Randomly selected, uh, like selected entry. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think. I'm, I'm just sure think if, if you know what it is, from. you can whack an IMDb anyway. You know, it's yeah, who wrote that's it, true. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. Still, tell us uh, in 25 words or less <laughs> <laughs> who wrote this theme tune and what is it called or whatever. You know, just send us an answer. Hooray at boxcutters.net or uh, you can text us zero four five eight cutter. Hey, um, when I cast my pod it's with the box cutters in mind box cutters pod cast done 
pork is on the table. So uh, there have been a, a couple of changes. Some people have noticed on the uh, on the website mm-hmm. at boxcutters.net. What's you can happened? now, if you want to support box cutters, and we pray that you do, uh, and help us keep going, you can actually make a donation, uh, $3 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, if, uh, if you like, or a one-off donation if you're comfortable with that. We'd really appreciate it because uh, the costs of uh, doing this show have gone uh, up a little bit and, uh, and it would help us continue doing it because, of course, we don't get any money for it. And we fork out quite a bit of money for it. Mm. So uh, yeah, please, uh, if you uh, if you want to do that, go ahead. It's up there on boxcutters.net. Hey, how unimpressive is Channel Seven that uh, they took the, the the two people that got well, one person that got kicked off uh, BBC Radio over in the UK, and uh, the other one who was just as offensive, and put them into their lineup with old shows of theirs. I'm talking about uh, Ponderland from uh, Russell Brand and uh, now the Jonathan Ross chat show, which is really... I don't get what people are losing their shit over Ponderland, and I think it's really, really dumb. It's just tedious. And things, I've I've heard Russell Brand interviewed, I heard him interviewed on uh, The Treatment from KCRW in Santa Monica, Mm -hmm. California, Uh, and and there there were times that he really impressed me. Like, he's, he's quite an intelligent man. Who makes himself sound like a nuffy? I, I just don't yeah, get it. I, I've never actually got the Russell Brand thing. I don't get I'm it. I'm waiting for the moment when I go, oh, that's what it's about. Apparently, the chicks all the think chicks he's just dig hot, hot, hot. They hot. do, yeah. yeah, with his with his unbuttoned shirts and messy hair. Oh well, you know, we can and his all... hairstyles. Just really you can borrow his sometimes. mascara. There's a whole Duran Duran aspect, I think. And we can it. all just not shower or cut our hair. He's the Andy Rhodes of comedy. Anybody could do that. Oh, but he does it in a special way. Um, and uh, so they're, they're recutting uh, the Jonathan Ross uh, episodes they're showing. So uh, I think the first one that they had, or the second one, was uh, Chris Rock, Tom Hanks, and Sylvester Stallone. But they weren't actually together in one Okay, episode. so it's a compilation yeah, kind of thing to just show us people we've heard of? Is that the idea? Um, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. But, you know. <laughs> I just... I just want them to to replay the incredibly strange film show. That was very good. It was it? very good. Yeah, it was that was very Jonathan, old Jonathan. That's, they used to show it in Eight Carpet. That's the thing on that made him kind of famous. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Did he year. do uh, film year? Like, film, I, th- I think he may have done 09. film year for a bit. Yeah, yeah. but uh, anyway. Hi. That brings us to the Hi. end of Box Cutters episode 186. I want to thank very much Peter Moon and Brendan Luno for coming in and talking to us about whatever happened to that guy, which you can find on the Comedy Channel on Friday nights at 9.30 at the moment, until they move it. Mm-hmm. Until next week. My name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey... Let's be careful out there. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. Crumpler provide us with our giveaways and you can learn more about their bags, wallets and pouches at crumpler.com.au. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. 
It will help other people find box cutters and then they can enjoy it too. Help support box cutters by wearing one of our wonderful t-shirts available at redbubble.com slash people slash box cutters. You can also now buy the DVDs and books we talk about at the You Do Buy It US and UK stores. Just follow the links on the blog and let the entertainment come to you. You can help make each episode last all week long by leaving comments on the blog at boxcutters.net. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net through the Talk To Us link on the blog or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. I also should have mentioned it's Joy, it's Joy 94.9 FM's Radiothon. This yes. week, which I didn't mention. It actually, um, it actually goes for three weeks. Oh, hooray. Hooray for them. So, yes, you can go online and give them money, which is a good thing. Yeah. Hey, uh, you, you, wanted to, uh, you wanted to know about the Mutant Way. I did and, want to uh, know about Mutant Way because I couldn't get it loaded. Doing this show on Channel 31. Uh, cool. When's that on? Well, now. I mean, look, we've got an audience there and cameras and you're on my set. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. What is it? Well, it's called The Mutant Way. Oh, like X-Men. No, no. no basically, we, are, we take the news so, and so uh, we more than you we've got watch? six panelists. Six this is X-Men. a lot more I could watch. No, 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 they're just normal people, all is, right? Is it maybe I, uh, just that my computer's better than yours, Xavier. John? No, look, I'm nothing like that. I think my computer's better than yours. Oh, you've got Apple. Oh, look, I've got Apple. I just have an Apple. Did you see that I've sold out to a huge multinational company? No, look, basically, there's six of us, all right, and we dick around for half an hour so we can entertain it's a lifestyle accessory. Can I be honest? They make nice stuff. What do you want? No. Oh, yeah, and they're really great. And it's all handmade. It's not by children in China. Oh, they're just a bloody company. Like we have this. Really? Yeah, yeah, but they make pretty stuff. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, pretty stuff that you can watch Channel 31 shows on. That's my is that point. Is supposed to scare me? It is uh, kind of damning with faint praise to say it's like a Channel 31 uh, good news week. I, I'd certainly want to, wouldn't want to have my show described like that. <laughs> Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters. <laughs>